Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Hi, Alicia. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm taking Good. my. Do you have any questions this morning? No, no. I just wanted to come a little bit early because I'm taking my husband to the to doctor's appointment, and I won't be able to be all the way in. So I just decided to come a little bit early. Yes, and I have a few questions since I have you here, and since you. Here. I gotta get a Kleenex. I gotta get a Kleenex, but I can hear you. So keep keep talking. Sure, sure. Um, actually, I start uh, doing module five. Okay. It's because I'm very old fashioned. I don't know much about social media. I've been doing everything very slow. Okay. Been in the business for, you know, 15 years. And I have a lot of clients that I just follow up with them, past clients, center of influence, and um, really no marketing at all. I mean, just. I don't use a lot of Facebook. I do have a page, but I don't even have it really nice like everybody else. So right now I'm in the process of making my business page on Facebook. But okay. I'm, wait, it's a little challenging because I don't know what to put in there. So um, so do you have anybody that can help you or that, or you just don't know what to put like in the information and all that? I don't know what to put in information. I don't know how to fill the blanks in. Like, you know, I see a lot of people I probably need a little help how to manage a little bit. I know how I've been looking at the videos mm-hmm. and I have a pretty good idea. It's just okay. that I don't know how to make it look very professional. Just okay, so you need to go to office hours because they'll help you, okay? Okay. So that's the best thing you can do. Okay. And I mean, it's very important. People don't use that like they should. And a lot of people, there, there isn't tons of people that show up. So you could pro- you're going to get a lot of help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I, I was uh, getting into the office hours, but sometimes I feel a little bit odd because everybody talks and everybody says, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And everybody sounds to know what they're doing and for me like i feel kind of embarrassed because you can't compare yourself well you can't compare yourself and you cannot be embarrassed because if there's i mean you know we've all heard that there's not a stupid question right 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 and so you have to i mean this is all about you getting better for you not for not to impress anybody except your clients you know what i mean and so you're adorable you thank you Thank you. Um, what I did, uh, what I did, um, I'm closing a, a, a deal. Uh, I should be recording Monday. And um, I'm planning to print some cards, uh, some um, 
postcards and I'm having my title company to help me to design it because I don't know how to do it. And it seems like he's doing a pretty good job and I decide to use uh, Christos, Christos colors because they're very attractive. And I, I see how it comes. I mean, it, it just like, this is gonna be the first time that I actually gonna send those postcards. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail them out and, and, and see how it, how it comes. Somehow I muted myself. I'm sitting here talking. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say, why is she so quiet? Um, so you need to figure out what your second one is. Okay. Your second postcard. Okay. Um, actually, I just, um, I did, uh, at the beginning, I did the, the regular flyer. Uh -huh. and I pass it around in person. And I, you know, I went to the yeah. multi-unit place okay. mm -hmm. talk to a lot of people and the second one because i got like 14 offers in the first seven days so i just said sold uh 40 000 about asking price just sold and now i'm gonna say just sold about the same but it's gonna be in the back i'm gonna put um you know what did i put um I put like, uh, call me for any free market analysis and um, the community sells something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember, I don't recall what I did exactly, but uh -huh. my, it's the third postcard that I'm gonna be doing. The rest, I just deliver it myself, but this one, I'm gonna mail it out because yep. this, I wanna do like the whole, maybe about a thousand. Mm -hmm. So, and it's gonna be, it's not gonna be really expensive. I mean, the title is helping me because I've been referring a lot of, a lot of loans, a lot of loans and a lot of, a lot of loans, to, I'm sorry, a lot of loans and a lot of sales to him. So mm -hmm. he's very cooperative with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So that is, and I'm like doing a little prospect here and there, but not really, like I used to be a very uh, heavy door knocking. And that's oh, how I built relationship with people. Because uh -huh. I not really did any type of social media, nothing like that. But now I wanted to do it just because I see a lot of people is very successful and especially you. Um, but like I say, I, I just, it's just hard for me to do the videos because I feel that I don't know how to express myself. I don't like my accent. I don't like the way I look. So well, I'm that's really... not, I don't, you shouldn't, you, you need to not think about that because that's not true. Every, all of us. So do you speak Spanish? Yes. Okay. So why don't you do them in Spanish? Why don't you do the videos in Spanish? Uh, because I have a lot of, majority of my clients are um, Filipino. And um... Go both ways. I mean, I think being able to speak Spanish is like a, superpower okay if you got in i mean i don't know i think you i think you do in both ways i think a lot of people have done them both ways in this program that have come and gone you know and it's very it's been very good for them and you look beautiful so you need to smile and you need to get in front of a camera and go if you don't if you don't if you don't start you never get better 
Like I found my voice. Now I, I mean, if you would have told me three and a half years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't have believed it. I found my voice because of these videos. And now I can write my own scripts and everything. I didn't used to be able to do that. And that's because I found my voice. You have to find yours. So you need to do the script, record them. Who cares? Who cares what they look like? I'm actually going to do a whole series about, and I'm recording them all on my phone. And I'm seriously, I'm going to pick my phone up like this. I'm going to put a microphone in it and I'm going to record like this. Can you send that closing to Sandra? So that is he. Yep. Okay. So just do it. Okay. Okay. Every time you think of you, um, so years ago when I met, um, Leslie Bennett, I guess okay. I told her to just shut up and do it. <laughs> so I'm telling you that too. You just do it. So every time you're down, you think of me telling you just shut up and do it. You can okay. do it. I have no doubt. Okay. 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 I, I'm, I'm really trying my best. It's not because I'm, or maybe I'm, I'm used to be in my comfort zone for so long. Well, do you, do you want to get better? Do you want to make more money? Absolutely. Okay. That, that has to be your driving. That has to be your driving, your driving force. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, if like, um, I mean, we were just talking today about my uh, main right-hand gal and I, we're stressed, but guess what? We're not going to get any better if we don't put ourselves outside of the box. Right. 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 And so anyways, that's kind of how it goes. I have to, I have to sign an offer. So I'll be right back. Sure. Okay? Sure. All right. Sure. Talk amongst yourselves. Hey, Bernadette. Okay. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Heidi. It's so quiet. Hi. So I thought I'd say something. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't hear you. Who is this? This is Bernadette. I'm not have my camera on because I'm getting ready. Um, oh. And I just have physically just literally got out of the shower. So anyway, um, I heard you telling Alicia that you don't, you're not out of your comfort zone. I was like you. Um, but you know, I spent so much money already in other, in other coaching programs. Okay. And this one is so different because of the fact that, you know, we use the video. Um, it's mm -hmm. a social media type of thing, not like the others. It's all about just mentoring and, you know, all mm -hmm. motivational stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a Filipino. So I know what you mean. And I have also been thinking about doing it in Tagalog, you know, doing my videos in Tagalog. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I can at least capture the Filipino community if I couldn't capture the others. Right. So yeah, just do it. You know, when you were talking to Alicia earlier, you were fine and you're on camera. So you just do the same thing as if you're talking to someone. I've been doing a lot of videos, but I don't post it. I've been practicing with my other, um, my other friend. And we are, you know, working, making those videos, but it didn't come out the way I want it. It's just so, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I hear you. I was the same way. I was trying to make it perfect. 
But then ever since um, Krista started talking about done is better than perfect, just do it. That's, that's just like Alicia said, if we want to get it done, who cares? Just put it out there because the, the thousands and thousands of people, you're going to be posting it on Facebook. You don't even know them and they don't know you that much. So, you know, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, where are you? I'm in Vallejo, like um, 60 miles off of San Francisco in Northern California. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I'm married with a Filipino guy. So that's why oh. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh. him for 30, 30 something years already. Oh, me too, yeah. <laughs> I'm already big, already grown up. Yeah, just, just like, I couldn't, I couldn't stress it anymore than just saying, just do it. Because that was my problem. Finally, mm -hmm. I decided, you know what? I'm spending too much money and I'm wasting it. Just, yeah. you know, so I thought, mm -hmm. I, who cares? Just do it. Because if you can't please everyone, you know, you mm -hmm. cannot please everyone. So you, some people will really like what you did and some people will say, yeah, it's okay. You know, but who cares? You did it. Are you your own broker or are you with EXP? I'm, I'm my own broker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I opened my own office during the pandemic because I figured I'm not gonna, I'm gonna derail from all of this stuff. I'm just gonna, you know, step, step up, step on the side and do my own thing and not follow the, you know, everyone saying the market's gonna crash again and all this stuff. So I derailed from all that and I opened my own broker office. Um, Bernadette, it's it's not gonna crash the market. And the, I just- Yeah, I know. That <laughs> yeah. is- um, you know how a lot of people listen for variants right now, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And it and, and I think we have they have another extension until I don't remember if it's June or September. Mm -hmm. So banks, it's very expensive for them to foreclose. So they're going to are they going to add what they owe to the end of the loan? Right. The, mm -hmm. And they're gonna they're gonna reduce the interest rate. So that, that's the only way for them to continue, for the people con to continue uh, in their homes. And on the other end, um, so prices will continue to increase. Yeah. And I think the market is gonna change. It's, it, right now, it's just in the process that- Oh, it's crazy. It's a crazy market right now. We have a lot of buyers. Mm -hmm. I, it is a little hard to put them in escrow. Yes. And, I did one, but in December, and luckily right now I have this listing that I'm closing. I'm the listing agent. So, and I received so many offers. I mean, it, it's crazy. It is. I, where are you from? I, um, I, I am I'm from Mexico. I was born in Mexico. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been about 30 years since I got married. So this is, this is my home, practically. Right. <laughs> practically. <laughs> okay yeah so yeah Katie, where are you from this is maria sorry i don't have my camera on yet <laughs> i'm just listening to you guys i'm maria i'm just curious like where do you live in in what city i live in huntington beach california oh okay okay i'm in california too i'm just i was just i was going to tell you that um i heard you talking about how it's hard to do video. I, I kind of came in at the end and I want to tell you that I had the same problem. And then, you know, where it's just like, 
I didn't, I was scared to do it or scared to put it out there or scared what people were going to say. And I, and I even thought, oh my gosh, if I moved to a totally new city, it would be so much easier. <laughs> if I didn't know anybody, it'd be so much easier to put these videos out because now I'm putting videos out in a community where I already know a good amount of people. <laughs> what community are you? Where are you? I'm in Livermore um, in Northern California. Oh, okay. What's like the, the Bay Area? Livermore. Oh, okay. But I was oh. going to tell you that I, um, I wish that I spoke, I do speak, I'm assuming you speak Spanish. And um, mm -hmm. I wish that I did, because I think that that would be the, what I, what I would put out there, because I get a lot of calls from people who, be, who immediately ask me if I speak Spanish, and I have to say no. And lucky for me, my mom lives with me. And um, she speaks Spanish. So I usually she becomes my assistant. So I use her as a translator when people call me. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's good. At least you have somebody to translate for you. Yeah, I would say, Mom, I need you. I oh, need that's, that's awesome. At least you you have a partner to, you know, yeah. Work. I'm by myself. I have a friend, but she is in another office. And um, we do a lot of things together. We go seminars here and there, but um it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. But I just I just think there must be such a need in the in a community of speaking other languages, you yes. know, because if, if they're calling me asking, you know, just sort of randomly calling and asking me if I speak Spanish, um, they, it must be because they're searching for that person. So I keep thinking, gosh, if if I could speak Spanish and, and put it out there on video, that would be a whole other, um, you know, niche of people to mm -hmm. communicate with. So I just want to put that out there that I think is a really good idea if you speak another language to put it out there in, in that other language, oh, any, whatever okay. language that is, because, I, because when you do the, the ads, I think on the ads on Facebook, you can pick what language you're targeting. Oh. So only people who speak that language end up getting it. Is that right? Yes. That's Do true. That yes. Right? yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Can I, can I jump in and ask a question? Yeah, sure. My Facebook has been um, hacked. Um, and I noticed it about, it was hacked about a year ago um, through another coaching company. And I was, re, I was refunded the $2,000 that was taken out of my account. So I'm tooling along. I didn't put another credit card on. And about um, a couple of months ago, I noticed that I have a balance of $530 and for ads that I don't recognize. So I've been trying to work through Facebook and I finally got kicked to the risk management specialist. I Yesterday, I found all kinds of fraudulent um, documentation sent that and they're basically saying, well, this is over 180 days, so we can't refund you. I'm not asking for a refund. I'm asking for it to be deleted from my account. And I don't know, I, I mean, I just spent the last hour searching who I should contact. Do I contact the FBI? Then another person said, forget it. This is, this is chicken, you know, this is chicken stuff. Nobody from the FBI is going to help you. I'm just don't know what to do at this point. Do I delete my whole account, my whole business? Do I have to start all over? I have 5,000 followers. Ooh. Do you have any suggestions? So I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. What, what do you want deleted? 
somebody kept running ads, which I wasn't aware of because I never got a bill or anything. My credit card isn't on there, but they were running the ads under my account. So go delete the ads. It, the, the account has been disabled, but I can't move forward. They won't let me uh, verify my business. They won't let me um, run any other ads, even on a different account. I would go to office hours. Yeah, that's what Mike said. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. But, you know, in the meantime, the last hour I've been researching and I'm wondering, you know, is there is there any government agency that can help step in? I mean, this is ridiculous. Ridic I, I doubt it over. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I wouldn't let it. I wouldn't let it. I wouldn't let it get you down. I would do it. Some I would go to office hours and see if they can help you. Mm -hmm. And there just going with the program. And there is a, um, a live chat that Kendra had told us about originally. Do you remember how to get to that at all, Alicia? A live chat with Facebook? There's, there's a live chat with Facebook, but I, I never could get it. But I don't remember where it's happened. You know, the new the new folks we have, uh, Nick and Sativa and all those guys, maybe they know how to do that. Okay. The live chat. There's, there's also um, somewhere in Facebook, there's a, like a one-on-one -on -one help with with advertising like if you don't know how to do your own ads because I remember I did it once a while back and I signed up for a one-on-one -on -one time where you actually get a live person who will help you run ads on your account maybe if you can get into one of those one-on-one -on -one trainings with Facebook marketing department they can help you yeah at least you just posted uh some contact help right there so, so um Leslie has had had um positive results with this link. I just had to look it up. She sent okay. it to me via email because I had some problems, but um, yeah, I mean, I would do, Marie, I just, I'm just cautioning you, try not to get sucked into that. That happens to me when I, when my account gets disabled, I like kind of, you know, lose my mind. A little bit. Out. <laughs> I know. So, so just like take a breath. And I can't imagine it can't get fixed. So, but I would just keep moving along and try not to, you know, visualize it getting fixed. Okay. All right. As she pumps me through the, through the Zoom call. But, okay. you know, I'm just trying to keep you, I get totally wigged on stuff like that. Well, um, it's interesting because I spent three hours yesterday going through everything. I, and this teeny little thing, and then it opened up the whole Pandora's box. They have it running forever and updating every 30 minutes and and no budget. So, you know. Okay, well, thank you. So, Alicia, um, sorry. I was trying to, I'm um, logged in to this Zoom call from my phone, but I really want to get on from my computer, but the link doesn't seem to be working for my computer. So does somebody have to approve people coming in? No. So what you need to do is make sure you're, you know, I mean, did you click the same link? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try another one. The best way, here. the best way to do it is to go to the elite page, click yeah, announcements, go to oh, the announcements, no. scroll down and it'll say Thursday call. Cause they, they change it sometimes. Yeah, I just tried it from the elite group like five times and it did not work. Let me see. I'm trying it again right now. That's how I got oh. it just now. So I'm not sure. Why would Gosh, I... maybe it is working now. Maybe it's me. Maria, you sure you're hitting Thursday? Because I hit Tuesday all the time. 
Yeah, okay, I got in. Yay, thank you. <laughs> I it's always like that. If I if I have a problem with something and then I tell somebody else, suddenly I solve the problem or the problem gets solved. That bing. all the time. <laughs> Same with when I lose something. <laughs> Krista should be jumping on anytime. Yeah, Maria, you gotta put your camera on. So is this for mastery and elite? Yes. Okay, good. Thanks. So um, I am seeing a lot of people that are not, even in my market as well, they're not doing any marketing really um, for, their, for their listings or for themselves. And I think that even though it's hot out there, we all have to be doing everything we always do because as the market changes and it is starting to change a little bit here, like we're getting more listings, as the market changes, you wanna be the one they call because of your marketing. And if you haven't done any, or you're not doing videos, I mean, not, I, I don't know if they need to be done on every single one, if you're getting quite a few listings, but if we're not doing those things that we're being trained in this program to do, when the market shifts, then people don't know that you do something different. And so I think it's really important that um, you still are sending just listeds and just solds and farming your areas and um, doing video and all those things. I have a question um, for you, Alicia, or for anybody that wants to chime in. I'm seriously considering gently telling my FHA and VA buyers that I can't help them right now for the interest of time and, and, and honesty. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that I'm going to turn down a buyer, right? So, but, but how do you handle that time management because nothing is happening with them and they are sucking my time. How clear are you with your um, expectations in your consultation? Like when you're coming up with, a, when you're talking to a buyer, how clear are you in the very beginning about what they need to do? I'm more than clear. So do you ask them like to really come up with their why as to why they have to buy right now? I mean, I don't ask them why their why, but I am very clear but the problem is with FHA is that we can't go over, you know, because of appraisal. And so even though they're willing even to put as much down as possible, we're not getting them. You can go over. Is, it, go is there a reason, is there a reason why they don't want to go conventional? Because they don't qualify. They don't have a wow. down payment. Okay. So what they can still go hey. over though. They just have to pay it. Yeah. You can go over in an FHA. Well, so, um, actually, quick question on that. So you can actually um, maybe get to give them a little bit more hope and talk about, um, so if you allow them to fail a few times, right, because you know they're going to, and then hook them up with a credit repair guy after their first failure. Um, could you have that conversation and then explain that, hey, listen, we can put you over from FHA to a conventional. There's a guy that is over in... Um, it's in Washington. He's over um, in Kirkland and he does international credit repair. He has gotten my client from an FHA to a conventional in like 45 to 90 days. Mm. And then you're like at least like feeding them hope and then giving them possibility. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I've been doing. And that's been really helping a lot. Mm -hmm. And you put his name any in other the term, like any other term that you can sweeten up and do that. I just that again. Uh, terms, sweeten up the terms if you can. Yeah, and try like to... if you can shorten certain contingency periods, if you can have the buyer pay for the seller's closing costs or 
you know, don't ask for a warranty, make the buyer pay for it. Um, you know, those kind of things. Any other term of the contract, try to make it as sweet as possible if they're FHA. Yeah. I mean, I just had some FHA with down payment assistance buyers getting a contract. I mean, they had down payment assistance. They have great credit. They just didn't want to make a down payment. So I was really clear with them. I was like, listen, if you have cash, like just tell me how much cash you have to work with here and I'll help you figure out how to structure the offer. So, cause usually even with FHA or VA, they've got cash. It's just a matter of how much do they have And your job then it would be to like figure out within your market, how can you use that cash to their advantage? So because, I, mean, I guess I am not aware. So with FHA, if it doesn't appraise at sales value, they can they can bring come bring the difference. Yeah, they yeah. can bring the difference. On any any financing will let you do that. They're just not going to finance more than that. So if they have cash that they're willing to bring in to pay over the appraised price, right. I mean that's that's like what they're going to have to do right now. You just also, you, also, you have to wait though, like because if you are going, if it is an FHA buyer or a VA buyer, and you're using the cash difference, you still have to make sure they have that reserves amount. Right. And that's sometimes right. where it's getting people. They're like, "Well, I have all this." We're like, "Well, they're not going to let you spend all your money. You got to have that reserves too." Right. So, so it's that like, yeah. So I would make sure, like, you're really like have a real a consultation with the lender as well. Like, if it's not your lender, make sure you get right in tune with their lender. I call my lender before I write any offer for an FHA or VA buyer every single also, time. Also, you can release the deposit once contingencies are removed. That's something else that's, that's right. favorable. I think, that, yeah, so you can, I, there's wind, Debbie. So she's saying you can release the deposit to the seller after contingencies are removed. Um, I've been doing, I've been calling the lender as well. And um, I just do so much over the, that the buyer is willing to pay so much over the appraised price. If it doesn't appraise. Um, and the other thing I'm going to get some hate for this, but if I have a buyer who I have not, and I'm not, uh, it's not as bad for me as it is for a lot of you. I've been taking a little less commission. So if they're offering three, then I go to two or two and a half, because I think that, um, I think that buyer, is, they're indebted to me. Um, and they're a raving fan and they're going to use their mouth to get me that half a percent. Last thing, last thing I'm gonna add in there as well. Also, is, is if you can't get your lender to fully approve them, also is a big thing too. Because I have an FHA buyer right now, and we're in the seven hundred range, seven hundred thousand dollar range, and we just have the, uh, we just we just fully approved them, got them underwritten, approved, and then that helps as well. It makes them real a lot stronger and makes them no different than conventional is how yeah. I explain it to them. So we had that too. Yeah. We had a, I'm just one of my a little bit of hope because there's so much work and get meet out with cash and it's, it's just so hard. Isabel, I've heard you now on a couple of calls though, talk about your time management issue and you seem stressed about it. So have you thought about referring those to other realtors that are willing to put in that time and have that time? Yeah, that's an idea. And then you can get a referral fee though because you've been talking about your time management and you just don't have the time and so I mean all of these things are great but if you're not in it then it's really failure to you and the buyer because you have to be a hundred percent willing to do these really tedious things in this market right now so maybe referring it to a hungry agent that really needs some clients I mean it's about if, if I can um, share something as well. So I have a client right now that is in the same boat. 
um, he needed closing cost assistance, FHA. So I got him fully underwritten. Um, and I have another client that I've been working with for two years <laughs> that trying to get him to save up money, fix his credit. And I have agents all the time that say to me, why are you wasting your money on or your time on them? You know, he's taken two years. They may never be able to buy. So this is just kind of a reminder. And it was a humbling reminder for myself. I got a call two days ago. He just hit the lottery and won $5 million. Oh my God. So oh. now he's not just buying, scraping. I mean, I was, I could barely get him a $180,000 house, which is like a closet around here. You know, it's just, it's, it's a crappy house for that in my market. And now he's buying five decent houses. <laughs> You know, from you know, again, just like know. that humbling, you know, it made me feel good that this is why I stick in it, you know. Cardone, and he basically was talking about the undercover billionaire, and he was saying how people he was like he he looked, you know, bad and he didn't have they changed his looks so no one knew, knew who he was. And he said, I was meeting people and they were treating me like I was that person. He's like, and I was the person that like could write a check for $50 million and, and help their venture. So just remember like people before things. Now that being said, yeah, if like sure. buyers completely taking all of your time and you can't do something else, you've got to kind of weigh the cost. But like, like Alicia said, those people and Julia, I mean, he met, he, he won the million, the lottery, right? Like you mm -hmm. never know. Those yeah. people know so they'll refer. It'll always pay off. Isabel, I had a couple of thoughts to share with you about getting your offers accepted. So I just did this for a brand new agent from another company who has a lot of promise. So she came to me, I'm a listing agent. I mean, 95% of my 2,200 home sales are seller side. So in this market, you know, I know you're always sifting through all these offers and such. So here's what I told her. I got some little notes here that I'll read real quick. Uh, basically, she asked how to get her offers accepted. I said, well, first off, always call the listing agent early on, find out everything that's important to sellers because obviously that changes with each each transaction and i said then mm -hmm. serve that up to them as best you can on a silver platter find out the seller's time frame price <laughs> uh, preferred possession date if they'd like a free rent back to stay in the house for 30 days after the closing <clears throat> um, see if there's any concerns with accepting an offer like some people obviously it's all about price other people it's more about making things convenient so they can transition into their next house uh, shorten time frames on all contingencies Establish, re establish rapport with the listing agent and set yourself apart early on. For example, you do a video text about your buyer since, at least in California, we can't do the love letters anymore. They just did away with that. Car did. Uh, what else? Let's see. Follow up at the appropriate times and don't drive the listing agent crazy like every other buyer agent does. Um, give them supreme confidence that you're going to be able to um, you know, perform. What I also recommended uh -huh. is that any listing agents that she's previously worked with where everything went great, get a customer review from them or a testimonial from them. Also uh, hit some bullet points like my buyers are well counseled. They're not gonna ask for the sun, the moon and the stars on inspections. We've gone through all of this and just you know, put your best foot forward. And I told her that's what I do because I'm a listing agent. So when I have offers like the last eight buyers that came by way of referral this year, I basically got all eight offers accepted out of eight. I mean, eight out of eight in massive competition here. So there's that. And then secondarily, you touched upon something early and I'll leave it at this, just having to do with the timing of things. Like in my case, I love helping home buyers, especially first time buyers, 
But on the other hand, I mean, I'm putting in 65 plus hours a week. And a lot of times these buyers want to look at properties on weekends or during gridlock traffic. And frankly, I'm just not willing to do that. And I'm very honest with them up front. I mean, I, on day one, I'm transparent. I tell them, if you work within my timeframes, you know, I'll show you house, houses all you want. I just want to make sure that you treat our relationship like you do your CPA, your attorney, uh, any of these people, they have business hours. You see them at their place of business when it's convenient for them and for you. It's not like I'm an Uber agent where I'm just running around like crazy, dropping my world for them. So I share that with them. And then lastly, uh, what I've done most recently is I got a showing agent. And I know our market prices here are a little higher. So you'd have to scale this back just depending on what your market is like and the pricing. So for example, I have them open door number one. First of all, they, they coordinate you know, all of the showings and get everything set up. Um, they help with the peds and so forth. And then when they open the door, the first house, if they show one house, they give them $100. And then for every extra door or additional door they open on that day for that showing appointment, um, I give them $25 per door. Then when the escrow closes, I give them a 10% referral fee. And so far, so good. It's been working out great, although we've only done a couple. So anyway, What's that's a lot to say. John, What's your price range? Uh, price range here is average for me right now, gosh, probably 750, 800 right in there. All the tips that he just said. So, so here's the deal. We all know this, but are you doing it all? Right? Are you doing it all? Like they're, they're all such fabulous tips, but every single thing he said, you should all be doing right now if you have buyers. And, and no, don't just get pre-approval, get TBD, get, to exactly. be, get TBD approval and have make sure your lender also calls and says, we have TBD approval, it's done. All we need is a house. There is nothing that can go wrong. We can close, blah, blah, blah. You know, and if you have TBD approval, you can feel confident removing your contingencies, right? You, you can feel confident removing your contingencies. So anyways, keep going. This is a, this is a great discussion. We'll just keep it up. Hey, Krista, can I add the flip side of the listing agent's point of view on that? Yeah. Okay. As listing agents, if we can get those questions answered, what's, what does the, when can a seller give possession? What is the seller looking for? Because on the flip side of everything he said, sounds great. But what if we have 50 agents calling us at the same time, asking all those questions, pausing and not doing offers as a listing agent, we should be providing as much information in the MLS to answer those questions so that we aren't constantly fielding calls from other agents because it's sometimes it's impossible. I mean, I had a hundred and showing 104 showings on one listing in 48 hours. How can I talk to all those agents and answer all those questions? Jesse, so what if you created oh. in the beginning? <laughs> sorry. I, what? Sorry. <laughs> what if you created a, a Q&A for the agents, like a one-time Word document? You that's you what just I'm saying. That's what I'm everything. saying to do as agents. Our responsibility is to not wait for the other agents to answer, ask us these questions, is to be forward-thinking. Are the disclosures in there? Do you have the survey? When does the seller need to be out? Does the seller have, want to pay title policy? Does the seller, I mean, you can answer all these questions in the beginning without setting price setting, but also without building questions from agents all day long, because it is overwhelming on the other side of that. Just my Absolutely. What I'll do Absolutely. is I'll do a, um, I'll have a form made and make it available to you that basically is a set for sellers um, that will put all that together. And then also what I can do, is I'll figure out how to make it to where a buyer can like reverse engineer it to like, like whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want, kind of use it, use it on both ways. I'll get that to you guys within the next week. Yeah. We had a, I had a listing more recently where I put the offer kind of instructions or suggestions in the uh, MLS. And when offers came in that did not meet the suggestions, my sellers immediately 
marked them out because they were like, you already told them what we want. They didn't listen or they didn't read. So we don't even want to, we don't even want to look at their offer. So I'll say like from the listing agent standpoint, if your directions are in there and buyer's agents, if you're not following those directions, like those are all things we kind of have to like be partners with each other on in this crazy market is we have to like help make each other's lives easier because it's hard so uh let me just say one more thing too as a listing agent okay i'm a listing agent too we do 99 listings i haven't worked with a buyer in years but as a listing agent in a busy market you don't know if it's always going to be busy so we all know those a-hole agents that's like they never answer their phone they're totally rude to work with like that's not okay so this is your profession it's your job it's your fiduciary obligation to not only treat your your agents you, you know your, your sellers and buyers correct but also other agents because that's why it's called um you know it's a reciprocal uh, relationship right and so you don't want to be known as that agent for any reason that doesn't respect, doesn't answer their phone, doesn't ask questions, and is an a-hole. Because the market not- will turn. It will turn. I guarantee it. You know, there, and we've all been there. I sold 169 houses and I had there was no other agent but me. And let me tell you, the market was insane. And I answered my phone every single time. I talked to every single agent. I gave them respect. And I'll tell you one time I remember this. I was in the car with my husband and I was a little short with an agent. And, and I hung the phone up because I was just like, it's like, I remember those days when I'd be on the phone for 10 minutes with an agent and I'd hang up and I'd have literally 10 voice messages and I'm not exaggerating. And my husband looked at me and he goes, babe, he goes, those people are trying to make a living too. And I was like, oh God, was I just an a-hole? He's like, a little bit. He's like, you were a little short. And I'm like, oh God. And it just made me realize like, I'm being an a-hole. I'm busy, but I should be blessed to be busy. A lot of these people are struggling. They don't make the kind of money that we do. They're not right. They're having a hard time. So we've got to have, we've got to remember that and, and give them some grace and give them some love. So if you're too busy to be answering your phone, then give your damn listings away. If you're too busy, I mean, truth be told, right? I love everybody, but that's the truth. I'm going to get some hands that are up here, Tracy, and Tracy's hands went forever, so. Hi, um, I just have a question. I have a potential listing coming up, and uh, the seller doesn't want to do any staging, and there's nothing inside the house, because he, he just moved in one year ago. He's a senior, he's a multi-level, so he want to sell it, uh, exchange it in the house. So how effective do you guys think with the virtual staging? Honestly, you can answer. If you stick lipstick, everything is selling right now, like for top dollar, you know, virtual staging is great. and It'll make you, it'll make your marketing look better. So for your marketing purposes, I would do it. Absolutely. And all of you should be doing like your marketing, even though everything's selling quickly, we still do full blown marketing on everything because I'm also, it's my fiduciary obligation, but I'm also marketing myself. So we never let the homes sell right now without doing full blown. We do our partial staging or floor or full blown everything, the drone photography, the videography, night footage, day footage, we are going full bore for a reason because I'm also marketing myself. Krista, can I, I remember three or when I started the program, it was like the second coaching call or yeah, the second coaching call. And Krista had said that she had her own furniture. So, and I had a house that wasn't selling. So I went out and started buying furniture and I keep it in a building. Um, I, I stage everything still because I think it looks better. I think it looks better for the video and the pictures and when people walk in and then people can sit down and have a discussion about, about the offer or whatever. And so um, I would encourage everyone, if you have a little space, um, because actually when the market does turn, we do need to stage stuff because sometimes we need to prove that you can put a full-size couch 
in um, a living room. So, so that's that something. You may not be able to full stage, but you could even go to, so what I did originally was I went to Home Goods and I went to, and I bought like napkins and tchotchkes and towels and little things and like a little table that I could put something on. That's how I started. And, and then we just would reuse it. And we, then we added tables and chairs and all that stuff. Now we just hire a stager and she uses my stuff. But if you can't afford to do that, everyone, anybody could afford $200 and it will go a long way from home goods to, you know, they have these $20 canvas pictures that are huge that you put up, you buy a cheesy little table and you put a pretty flower on it. That makes a huge difference in listings, a huge difference. And then when you meet with someone, they go, all oh, your listings always look so good. And I say, no, they don't. We make them look that way. They let them look like that. We make them look that way. That's why you hire me. Right. Uh, Debbie. Back to the offers and listing agent responsibilities and stuff. One of the things that got one of my buyers offers accepted was the listing agent was like, okay, we have three offers that were exactly the same. All the terms are exactly the same because they multiple countered it that way. She goes, so it, we didn't know how to choose. And she goes, I like the way you followed up. You weren't pushy, but you still wanted the information. And she said, so we picked the offer because of you. It wasn't because the, I mean, yes, the offer was great, but if there's multiple offers and they're all pretty much the same, what's the next criteria they're going to go to? Do they have an agent that's going to be easy to work with? And then even during the process, she didn't have smoke detectors in the house. I ran to Home Depot and got them and she Venmoed me the money and was so appreciative. I mean, it's, we're both working for the same goal. There's no reason to go, oh, that's your responsibility. You're the listing agent, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could, but then that, that puts that bad karma out there. So just go get them because it's for your buyer too. You know, little things like that go a long way with people. And maybe that one won't appreciate it, but someone will. And it'll bring the positive back to you. You know what I just thought of when you saying that, Debbie? This, is, this was a good idea. So when you're going to a house, all right, as a buyer's agent, let's just say you notice they don't have carbon monoxide detectors. Or let's just say you notice something like, Go and buy a couple, two carbon monoxide detectors for a hundred bucks and submit that with your offer. Hey, just want to let you know, this is the type of agent you can expect when you work with me. Don't buy him a bottle of wine. Look in that home for something that might make a difference, whether it be maybe they're missing the um, plug thingies on the plug that they know that, that somebody will call. Look for things that could go wrong because in a multiple offer situation, those kind of things are what will help you go over. And what we do, anytime there's a multiple counter offer situation, if my buyers can, I always up it. So I'll up, I'll give them more. Extra three grand, we're removing this, I'll do more on it. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, all those little inconveniences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and, and remember guys, we have an away hole policy. As, as busy as you are or aren't, Karma will come around. We literally have a blacklist in our office of like a-hole agents. And when, when the sellers ask me, I'm like, like, you know, we've had not the best experience or we've had a great experience. Like when I have worked with somebody that even with when it's a bad deal or there was problems when they handled it professionally and, and, and with respect, you remember that, right? So just, gosh, it's so important to just be that agent, even when it's hard and you're busy. If you're too busy, get an assistant, right? Get an assistant to help you so that so you can, you can you know, still be that good person. Krista, take me off the list, please. <laughs> You're a woman like. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm with you with that. I, I'll just say initials, TC, horrible, 
horrible. You worked with her. TC, horrible. I'll never work there with that lady if I, if I can. I know, but I'm, well, yeah, that's good because she was awful. Yeah, she hasn't been in the business in like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, so, all right. You are so funny, Newberry. Uh, Maria, and then Iris. Um, just a question about the staging part, because it's something I've been wondering. Do you, does the buyer, or sorry, does the seller pay anything for staging or nothing? Because the last time I did staging, it was like $3,500 is what it ended up costing me. So I, I keep thinking, gosh, that's really hard to Maria, how much is the house? So, so it was a million six. Oh my God! You should be paying ten grand for staging. Right. Well, no, it's a tiny house. I mean, this is you know. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, for a million dollar home, every I, I, everyone should be staging, and three five hundred dollars is nothing for a million dollar home. I guess I've just been worried about advert or, or like putting it out there and advertising or in print, like staging included, because I thought, what if it's. Well, you, you know, can do like, you know, you can do something like, um, what, like a little asterisk that's like, you know, what's, what, are, what are they, what's that disclaimer everyone does? There's, you have the right to, you know, whatever applies, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what we do, we have certain price ranges for our staging right now where it's like, okay, up to 500,000, we'll pay, you know, 2,500 or whatever it is. And up to a million, we'll pay five grand or whatever. I, I, I have no yeah, problem making it mission and paying $5,000 because it makes me look good. Like we do all the things. And I'm telling you, our average price point in Brentwood is 750. My average price point right now is between 900 and a million plus. Like we're just getting million dollar listings left and right. It's because of all these little things. I don't mind spending money to make a lot more because it makes me look good too. So do you advertise in your, like in your marketing stuff that um, for the listing appointment that you cover all that? It, it depends. It depends upon the, if they're interviewing anybody else, it depends on just a lot of things. I don't have any, like it's always set this way, but we like to stage. So um, I have an agreement with the stager that I pay her $2,500. So it's like, here's, here's, you know, she knows I sell a lot of houses. So it's like, it's 2,500. She goes above and beyond. Um, and then she also, I have a huge garage, like a three car garage full of a bunch of staging stuff. I've probably spent around probably around $15,000 and all that stuff, you know, but I mean, I've, I've had it for five years. I reuse it and you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really, really helped us. Okay. I thought about redecorating and then just pulling stuff out of my own house. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's what you start. You start with your own. Okay. So let me give you an example. Tiffany Stock, one of my students in, um, she's in Danville. When she met me, she was working as a listing agent underneath somebody else. She was making under a hundred thousand dollars a year. Now she is, it's been three years. She's the number one agent in her office. She does not have a team. She makes over $1 million a year. And now she stages all of her own properties. She goes to garage sales. She repaints stuff. She, she bought a, a limo to drive her people around in. Tiffany Stock, go look her up. She is the number one KW agent. And the teams, teams of five and six, are, she's like 3 million a month under overproduction of those people. It's all because of all the little things that she was willing to do. All those little things add up. The little things add up like crazy. And you, um, you also mentioned earlier that we should have a TVD or a TVD, and a bunch of people commented they didn't know what it was. I don't know what it is. It's okay. TBD is to be determined. It's a T B as in boy, D as in dog approval. It's different than pre-approval. It's like it's that you've gone under the full underwritten process. The only thing you need is is that to find a home and to have the home appraised. 
right? So it's to be determined, to be determined. So, so is that like an, oh, is that a, you're saying that that's a letter you get from the mortgage company to give, submit with your offer? It's a, only certain banks do it. So not every banks will do a TBD, only certain banks and lenders will. But if you can find a lender that does just like TBD, which means they put you all the way through everything from all the way to the very end, the only thing that you need to do is find a house and that will go very, very far. Is that like the, the pre already pre underwritten? Yeah, it's pre underwritten. They've done okay. everything. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, thanks. To be determined, TBD approval. Um, Glenn. Yeah, I was just going to comment on the FHA buyers. One of the things that I found, I sold two houses to buyers last year. I found ugly homes that were overpriced and went back. They, they, the sellers had multiple offers. And then you go in there, if you have any construction knowledge, to be able to solve their problems with the houses and also possibly renovation financing. So I got sold two, you know, FHA buyers, that type of property last year. Okay. Our market's moving so fast. There's no way to compete with FHA with, with the big down payment people here. So. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like everywhere right now. Uh, Christine. And then Angela. You're, we can't hear you. That's better. All right. It was something that I, hi, it was something that I had heard uh, in one of the modules or on one of the training tapes or something. And it was giving, giving the buy, you list a property and you're giving all the other agents five days, blank, blank. And I don't remember what those five days were. It's like, it was another way of saying that you were going to do highest and best in five days. So how we do it, and, I, and this is just how we do it, is that on every time we list a house with multiple offers, we let everyone know that we're going to be accepting highest and best on a certain time after the house has been on the market, usually five to seven days. Okay. Okay. But then once we get highest and best, then we meet with the seller and then we counter the highest and best offers. Okay. So when all the offers come in, I say, okay, Mr. Mr. Uh, we call the other agents and we say, we've got nine offers right now. So now that we have nine offers, give me your highest and best. So before we even meet with the seller, we've already had them sign a multiple counter offer uh, requesting highest and best. Then we go back to the seller with all of the highest and best, and then we counter the highest and best. So it's a multiple counter. Wow. And then, but don't you worry about the appraisal? Well, we there's I mean we our goal is to get so is, is to get them to remove the appraisal contingency. So let me explain what's happening right now. When I, I talked to my broker and about um there's I know I said this before, but it's really, really important. I had a meeting with my team. So there's a lot of lawsuits going on right now in litigation because we've always done this thing for years and years where we will say buyer agrees to pay, you know, twenty-five thousand dollars over appraised value or whatever it might be. The problem is, is that if the home comes, let's just say, you're, I'm just using easy numbers. Let's just say the home appraises at five, the, you're in contract at $500,000. Right. And the buyer agrees to pay $25,000 over the appraised value, not to exceed the purchase price of 500,000. If the house comes in at 450, the seller did not put a cap on what he would take, the buyer agreed to pay 25,000 over. The seller agreed, that means you guys are in escrow at 475. So you have to protect the seller. You have to now say, say that buyer agrees to pay $25,000 over appraised value. However, seller is not obligated to take the, the, the home if it does not 
uh, appraise under a certain amount. Does that make sense? You have to put a cap yeah. and a ceiling. There needs to be a ceiling for the seller, a ceiling for the buyer. There can't just be one for one because both agreed to pay 25,000 under. So if the seller, we're, we're, we just experienced this, this right now on Pebble Beach Drive in Brentwood, okay? This exact thing happened to us. And I, I got, I don't usually talk to sellers. I got on the call uh, when I was in Cabo with a seller because I wanted to make sure he understood like the buyer would not budge when we tried to say, seller does not have to take less than 900,000. The buyer wouldn't agree. The buyer agreed to pay $50,000 above appraised value. And so I said, listen, I would be shocked if the house did not appraise at 850, like shocked. But I'm, I, I've seen stuff happen. I've seen crazy things happen, right? So if the house appraises for 830, you're only going to get um, 870 or eight, what is that? 880, right? You're not going to get the 900. So you have to make sure you understand both. And so that was never an issue before, but now that this market is like this, the buyers are questioning and the attorney, the, my broker told me that she's every call that she's had, like the past month has all been on this issue. So be careful. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. All of us. Um, Angela and then Diane and anybody else just pop in. I just see the hands up. So the hands aren't up. Just chat, chime in. Um, my question is going back on the staging because that's something that I was kind of interested in doing. So I do have a question. So when you stage, are you, well, I guess two, twofold. Are you A, removing their furniture and adding furniture? And then B, are you like staging the whole house or just like certain parts of it? So we can all answer this, but it, it, again, it, every house is different, right? So in most cases, we take, we take their furniture and we move it around, move stuff in the garage and bring the nice stuff in. The main rooms that we always like to do is the family room, living room, dining room, kitchen, master bedroom. And then if there's, if there's blank bedrooms, we'll just put like a picture or two up and like maybe a, a table with a flower or something like that. Just to, it, you'd be amazed at what those kind of things can do. And just like towels and nap in a bathroom, it, it makes a huge difference. And it's so Krista. Hi, bro. Hey, and you, you know, you might want to, uh, just think about stating if you can get a, a, a stager to give you, we call it, I call it a consult. So we just say, yeah, it's part of our services. We give you a consult, even if the house is perfect, we still have the consult, the, our stager coming and give the consult and they feel they're getting value. So you're just giving them value. And sometimes they tell them to move couches and chairs around and we use their stuff. And then other times we, you know, she'll bring in stuff and charges half price and stuff. So, I mean, it's just all giving the seller like value. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam packed full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily trainings so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're going to give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now. Can't wait to see you there. And let's transform your business. That's Josh is my brother and my business partner. So he's telling you, we pay somebody $35 an hour and every, every single per person gets a stager that, that comes in, regardless if the house is awesome, because they feel like they want it. Even though that's a perfect house, we're like, oh, it's perfect, but we have poly and just in case there's any things we can do. And they just feel like, okay, I'm getting full service, you know? Good, Josh. Um, Diane. Hi, good morning. So um, I heard you say a couple of minutes ago um, about 
you know, even though we're in a crazy market and things are selling in a day, um, we still need to do everything. So I have a multi-part question on just listed and just sold. So I have a team of agents who are spread across probably a 30 mile area. So on, on the farming part of this, on, on just listed and just sold, do you, and even though, even though the price ranges can be, you know, a $150,000 listing versus a $500,000 listing, do you still send just listed and just sold to the regular farming area or just the area where, you know, it could be 20 miles away from your regular farming area? So we do it to the actual house, just listed and just sold. And then we stick it in our multiple just listed and just sold. I'll show you a brochure that we're sending out that goes to our farm because I want the same people at the same time to see that I'm doing business and that we're doing a lot of it. And so we have all of our, our listings in it. I'll, I'll show you really quickly. So, so it doesn't matter. You should, I shouldn't get overly concerned about the value. And then while you're looking for that, um, I, I was watching the location domination and I was um, looking at the brochures that you had um, developed. And I like, I like the ones where, you know, you have a different back copy every time. So do you have somebody creating those for you or, or do you have your team just doing them all on Canva? So we have um, our uh, Pepper, what, what Pepper did, bad girl. Oh boy. I didn't even see. Um, okay, she acts like she acts like, oh, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> um, you're so funny. So we so so it's my uh, my assistant. So my assistant changes the background on all of them um based upon like what's happening. And and uh people like to save those cards. Like we've seen those cards on people's like they've used them on their on their car as like a shun shield. We've seen people in the car like using it as a fan we've gone into listing appointments and they have them on their on their fridge because it's like the school score or it's like the giants and the um a's school you know schedules and we put cool things on the back that that'll make them want to keep it like you guys i can't find that brochure because i we uh we no that's fine i i saw them in location domination and you had a bunch of different ones i just didn't know if you had a template that you were following if it was if it was your assistant that was doing them all if you were using canva if, if... canva Okay. All, all done in Canva. Mm -hmm. And then if we have, um, because we hadn't been keeping up with our just listed and just sold, would you ever recommend going back and doing some of the prior sales that were within the last couple of months? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Okay. And I'll tell you guys the truth. We stopped doing our brochures for a while. I didn't realize they weren't getting done. And um, I noticed a difference too in our, in our sales. It makes, it makes a big difference. And I'm like, we're relentless now on those, on doing those four page brochures because they just, we've we just got, got so much out of it. You know, it's a lot of work. I mean, you gotta make them. And although we have that, you know, the, it's in the program, you guys could use it, but you know, printing them out and doing all that. We've done a few things to make it easier. Like now we're having them bumbled, bundled in series of a hundred. I think I paid 45 extra dollars to have them in it you know, bundled in a hundred, but we're ordering 15,000. I'm spending, I'm doing 15,000 a month of those. And those female EDDM, Krista? Yep. Every door direct. Nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, you always include the address of the home on the actual um, brochure itself. On the, of the homes we've on, sold? On the just listed and just sold. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll do things like, you know, you'll see in there, like if, if we got 85,000 over asking, we'll put like 85,000 over asking, we'll put a big bullet on there so that they can see that, um, which is, which is really, really good. It's all about being consistent though, guys. It's like, if you're going to don't do it, if you're not going to, if you don't have the budget, 
So whatever, whether it's a hundred homes or a thousand or 10,000, make sure you've got enough budget to do it for, you know, a good year because it takes sometimes the momentum of it. Remember, people usually start thinking about selling three to six months, sometimes a year. So, you know, what you're doing six months ago, you're going to see in six months. And then all, if you stay doing it, it's like the momentum from it will happen and you won't have the highs and lows. But when, what most people do is they get busy and they stop doing the things that got them busy. For example, the marketing of the homes, right? Like I, all of you, I, you're crazy if you're not, I don't care if homes are selling in two days. They're selling in two days in our area too with like 15 offers. We're still doing everything. And I position the seller in a manner that I say, Josh does now at me, but he says, hey, listen, it's to your advantage to get this. We want to get you the most money for the, you know, the best terms. Spending an extra week is not going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you if you don't, right? And then it helps me. I don't care if I'm spending an extra $3,000 in marketing. I know that $3,000 in marketing is going to turn into, you know, 30,000 more of listings because of the way I'm getting the properties out there. So but, do you have those templates anywhere that we can, we can review or, or utilize? I'll just ask Jay. I don't, I don't want to promise that we have all of them. I mean, we've okay. got as you saw, hundreds of backs. I don't know if they've ever saved all those, but I could, I could find out. What no, and that's fine. As long as I have one or two that I can just start playing off of. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, thank you. You're welcome. Debbie. And you guys see Cassie, like she's shaking her head. Alicia's shaking her head. These are top producers that are doing a lot of business that have, that have adopted the same philosophy. And that's why they're top producers because they're, it's like, this is a part of their, what they do, right? All the little things matter. And I'll tell you what, I personally noticed when we're not doing all the little things, I can see it in both my companies, right? It's like, okay, what's, what are we doing here? All the little things matter. And it's not always easy, but you got to do it, right? You got to do it. Real quick, something that always sticks to me when you said you're advertising for your next listing, not the listing you have right now, it's the next one. So that's why you're doing the staging. That's why you're doing it. Cause you're advertising to show the next person. This is what I did for this person. This is what I did. It doesn't matter because you go to somebody and you say, I sold it in two days. They're like, well, my house sold itself then. What did you do in two days? My house <laughs> sold itself or the market sold itself. We have to show them we're actually selling their house and doing things to get them more money. And then we can show the next people that were using those strategies, how that got the other people more money. So. And you're always in a job interview. Everything that you do is a representation of how you do business. Mm -hmm. so when you're doing this, you're on your job interview. Debbie is next. Okay. Good morning. How are you? Uh, so my question is, um, I have a house under contract and we had the appraisal uh done and then first of all the seller did not tell i mean the agent for the seller did not tell her um sellers that we needed the um utilities on so the appraiser had to go back out now that he's gone back out he's he's asked he's telling us that he cannot give us value and so uh he called the lender and he told them that the seller agent did not have any comps that, um, so he didn't know where she got her number at to list her house. But, you know, due to this market, we were in a bidding war, so we went over. And so now they're asking us to pay an extra $200 to, for him to go back three years to do analysis and then give us a, um, the, the, the selling agent should pay for that. 
that's the, the selling agent should, should do that because if, if there's no if they don't have an appraisal again guys just let you know we're getting into i'm not your broker and so we can right. do this, but we i have to be careful because at this point now i'm putting myself in for litigation for as far as contractual and things like that so um, but in most states, in most cases, that would be a seller issue. The seller needs, if, if the seller did not counter you, if the buyer needs to pay the difference of the appraised value and the purchase price, then that would be on the on the seller. But then you have to say, okay, how bad do I want this? But if that appraiser already can't do it, I mean, can you send, what, what we do is we send our appraisal, we do an appraisal rebuttal on our own. If we can't, if we don't feel we can do it, we hire as a buyer or a seller. Either way, I've hired an appraiser that I trust, that I know knows the market. And I'll say, hey, and, and see if she, and she's helped us. We've gotten $65,000 before from our appraisal rebuttal um, by doing that. But most of the time, I'll tell you the truth, out of all the times we've done it, and Josh can attest, we probably win an appraisal rebuttal three out of 10 times. We still try though. Okay. But it's $200, that, you know, it's like. I think that's highball on it. I think you're about two, maybe one and a half. <laughs> And I've got, I'm like 60% and I'm an, I'm an appraiser and I'm looking at these reports I'm like this appraisal is super flawed and I write them up and the appraisers, we have so much power now, they don't pay us any more money to, to change our reports. So they're like, and we're so busy. We're like, nope, sorry, next one. Cause we, there's no incentive as an appraiser to amend your report. And plus you guys have big egos, Don. Yeah. Yeah. And to answer the question before, I don't think it was a matter of value. I believe what they're asking for was a complex appraisal assignment. He did had a lack of data. And because of the complexity of the assignment, he's asking for increase in his appraisal fee. And that's because it's probably not the fact that um, the value, it's a fact that he didn't, it's a complex assignment. He's going to go have to go back in time and find comps and therefore um, wants an increase in fee. And that should be on the buyer then. If that's the case, Don's an appraiser too. So if that's the case, then the buyer should probably pay for that. It's like, how bad do you want the deal? You know what I mean? Iris and then Felipe. Hi, Krista. Hi. I have a question about the appraisal. Can you repeat what you do when you have multiple offers? I'm in a situation right now and I just told them, wait until next Friday. I mean, it's day one, but everybody's getting upset, um, you know, very desperate, uh, you know. So then why do, I mean, could you repeat again how you'd handle this? Yeah, so we do an offer deadline date. So for example, if, if a house goes on the market on, let's say a Wednesday, we'll have the offer deadline be on Monday morning because then it gives us the whole, as long as we know there's going to be multiple offers. So we have an offer deadline date of Monday morning at, let's just say 9 a.m. Monday morning at 9 a.m., we, we call all the realtors, call all the lenders. We just verify that they've done their due diligence. And then we let everyone know, okay, we've gotten five offers in. We don't meet with the seller yet. We let the seller know how many offers we have in. We've already had them when we actually uh, have them sign their, their listing agreement, they're signing a multiple counter offer as well. So then before we even meet with the sellers on those offers that we have, we ask for highest and best from all of the offers. We say, hey, Iris, just to let you know, we've got 17 offers in, give us your highest and best. And so then they give us, they have 24 hours to give us their highest and best. And then we meet with the seller with the highest and best of the highest and best. Does that make sense? And then we counter those. So we'll, and we always, no matter what, counter more than one. Um, we typically try to counter at least three because in case, because sometimes people are just like, they just won't do it. 
Like they won't do it. So we'll take the very best, highest and highest offer we have, the best terms, and we counter the other offers that are also the best to that highest offer. And sometimes okay. we'll even increase it or add to it. Wow. And how do you handle the appraisal? I mean, if it appraises or, if, you know, how do you handle that? So the first thing that we like to do is that the buyer, well, no appraisal contingency. If nobody agrees to do that, do that, we'll say buyer agrees to pay X above the appraisal value not to exceed the purchase price however buyer is not obligated should the home not appraise to accept that that price right and do you add that into the special provisions or do you add an amendment on that we just put that right into the counter offer okay right on the counter offer also okay. something we put in every single offer you guys it's it's like automatically done each time is that we have the 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 buyer gives us the right to speak to the um to the lender and the lender agrees to give us any and all information that we request. And the reason we do that is because we've had lenders tell us, I don't have to talk to you. And we're like, okay. oh yeah, you do. <laughs> the buyer gave, you, gave me permission. <laughs> so. Hey, Krista, real quick, couple more asking, what if everybody accepts? So you counter three people back and everybody says yes. So then you just take the one you like the best because they know it's a multiple counter. On a multiple counter, you don't, that means a multiple counter means that you're not guaranteed to get it. So if they all hey, say, oh, we have that here. Yeah. That, you I can't, love you've that. given somebody a counter and then you then you you can't counter multiple offers at the same time. Not in writing. You can't oh. over the phone. <laughs> yeah, ours is called, multi, it's an actual multiple counter. So you know that, and then what happens is, is that you then, they would then say whether they accept it or reject it uh, on the end. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. That stinks, Cassie. I mean, that's so powerful to be able to have multiple, so you know, multiple counter offers. I handle it. Same thing with Krista. Get all the offers together. Have the deadline. We can't do that. We can't start a deadline until we receive our second offer because it's shopping contracts in Texas. You can't shop contracts. So you have to have it. Then you. But the day of it, we set that meeting at five, and then I take the top three, and that's when I call all those lenders, talk to everybody. That way when i meet with them but when i meet with the sellers i'm ready to sign one offer that's i've already negotiated a lease i've already negotiated we just can't do that with multiple people but that'd be cool if we could i we wish they were doing this call on, on a tuesday that everybody was here i feel like everyone i'm going to tell everyone to watch this call because everyone needs to watch this call Krista, that last thing do you make sure they have the money in the bank account the buyer oh. let's say yes whatever everything we we also have a so look in the so look in the listing process there's a questionnaire it's a lender buyer questionnaire we say do you have du approval have you made multiple offers we check to make sure if, and if they say that they're going to pay over the appraised value we verify they have money to pay the down payment and and the difference of what i think it will appraise we check everything we are relentless krista on the multiple counter, did you say that the, the top offer that you have, that you don't counter that one, you just counter the other ones to get it to that? No, we counter everybody up to the highest offer in the best terms, and we change or modify okay. anything else. Thank you. And we, we, we counter everybody to that. Okay. You I'm just going to chime, chime in with that, too. Like, if you are in a multiple offer situation and you're getting that multiple counter, don't just accept it come back with a little bit more if you can. If you want to snag it, come back with more. Yeah, we do. We do every time we come back with more. If they can, right? It's like for five, it, like even if it's five grand, who cares? Five grand's nothing in the whole, they're going to make that up in the next month of the market going up. Yeah. You know, but five grand to it. And it also shows that you're like, these buyers are serious. They're not going to mess around with me. You know what I mean? 
Um, Felipe. Hey, it's Philippe, actually. I'm sorry, Philippe, uh, I do it every time. That's okay. It's everyone does. Um, so I just finished all my modules and I'm in my first 30 days of reach. And I did, uh, so I'm switching gears a little bit about questions. Okay. Um, so I, I did my first six ads and I have another one going tomorrow. Hold on. Let me ask you a question, Philippe. Yeah. How long have you been in the program? I want everybody to listen to this right now. How long have you been in the program? I already know the answer. How long? I started February 15th. Okay. So six ads already running and it's been two months that he's hauling butt he's implementing he's doing remember me telling him a month ago you're going to kick butt in this program because he's doing it he's not waiting it's not he's just going to town anyway sorry go ahead sleep well i don't i, I feel like i'm uh i love the program i love the videos i love the whitley i just uh, signed up for whitley it's super super easy so i'm just kind of figuring like what's what's the next thing to, that I should be focusing on? I'm just going to keep doing videos and just keep, by, by switch up the- I would the, do the listing presentation for sure right now. The whole listing process, I go to that module because of the market that we're in. Oh, that's, what, okay. that's for sure what I do. Okay. So not listing or not location domination? No, I would do the listing for sure. 100% the listing, hands down. Because right now you want okay. sellers. And you want to be able to, yeah. to uh, impress sellers, right? And so, and I would make sure I follow the yeah. whole pro process, you know, from start to finish, drop off the marketing plan, do all of it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Good job. Um, I think Sherry's next and then Sherry, you're next. Hi. So I don't have a question, but I just wanted to go back to the staging your own listings. Um, I have a really good tip that we use because we stage all of our listings also. And we bring a roll of blue painter's tape, the safety tape, so it doesn't pull off or damage anything. And we, what we do instead, because it's tough to tell sellers, hey, you got to declutter and get rid of all this stuff. So we totally reverse that. And we take a piece of blue painter's tape and we stick it on an item of furniture or decor, whatever it is that we want to use for the staging. And we say, and so then their whole house has little blue sticky tapes, um, you know, depending, because uh, it's tough to stage when it's seller occupied. But if, so we use it for that, but if they're going to move out and move somewhere else and we want to use some of their items because they're great and beautiful, we'll put a piece of blue sticky tape and then they know, then it's easy to say, okay, you can take everything except if it has a blue piece of tape on it. And so it's just a little reverse psychology to say, we love your stuff, not like get rid of all your crap, right? <laughs> so anyway, that was just a tip I wanted to share. Yeah, that's awesome. We do the same thing. Because it's it, a lot of people have a lot of cool stuff you could use, you know what I mean? And and you don't, it's less stuff you have to stage. Um, Terry, I think you're next. Okay, so um, this is a question about the whole marketing thing. Um, I just did a listing for coming soon um, tomorrow, and we have 45 showings scheduled already. So it's awesome. And I'm going to do a video as well. So I'm wondering when you do your videos, do you say how much the, and this may be a silly question, so I apologize, but do you say how much the home is um, listing for or no? I don't, but I put it, um, sometimes I put it in the video. Josh, are we putting it in the video? Do we put it in the video now? No, typically because sometimes I, we've had houses where 
Uh-oh, we just lost the bro. We've raised it 50 grand by the time we've done our video and then the week goes by and it's 25 grand more so or less, but typically right now it's more. So we typically keep that out. So do you maybe put that on your face when I do an ad for it? Do you put it on your Facebook? You know, sure. the right? Yeah, you're gonna, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna put it on all of that marketing, but on something like video, we typically don't, right? Right, because then I could use that for future marketing as well, just to show people, I suppose. You could use it whether the price is on there or not, but you know, we put we put all the bedrooms, bathrooms, everything on all the other stuff. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Hey, can I can I give somebody access, Mike? I don't know. It seems like this is a really good chat, but I have to get on the, my accelerator call. Can can I give somebody else access to be the owner, and you and so I don't have to end it, so you guys can keep going if you want. I'm happy to take uh, host on that for you. Is that okay? Yep. Okay, guys. So this was a great call today. It's totally not what I was going to do, but I loved it. I think it was wonderful. You guys are wonderful. Mike, where are you at? Um, Here we go. I see you. I'm going to make you host, okay? Okay. Everyone, please read your manifesto, all right? <laughs> okay. Okay, guys, we got great synergy going here, so let's keep it up. I'm here uh, for at least 30 minutes to help out any way I can, so fire away. Awesome. Raise your hands I and think, let's go forward. I think I was next. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, uh, when do we... When are people switching from targeting three second views, right? Because obviously in the beginning, it's like, what else do you have um, to the next level of 10 second views? Like how many people in that audience do you need to have before switching to, you know, retargeting the 10 second views? I know like there was a couple months ago where there was a big talk about, eh, you know, you want to start moving up to 10 seconds. So when are, when are people doing that? I'll tell you from my standpoint, we'll, we'll reach out to the group here. Um, I didn't really start retargeting at all until I had at least 30 to 35,000 in my three second audience. And then I continued to, uh, even though I'm doing brand awareness and video views, I continued to do reach ads as well, continued to build my audience um, to the point that three second was good. But at, at some point, I think we're right around 50,000. We start going to a 10 second. And I stayed at 10 second for quite a while. And uh, I mean, now guys, I have 557,000 people in my three second audience and 190,000 people in my through play, which is 30 seconds or longer. So I just continued to build it. I took from 10 second all the way to through play. Now I just retarget nothing but through play. So it depends on your market and depends on how many views you're getting, but that's, that's kind of the, uh, the formula that I use. If anyone else wants to jump in, I'd love to hear it. That's awesome, Mike. Wow. So at least, 50,000 people in your 10 second audience? I, in my opinion, yes, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it depends on if you have a smaller city, you don't have enough people, you may uh, want to start retargeting sooner. But uh, I'm you know, in here in San, San Diego, we have 4 million people here. So right. that's how I'm I in the San Francisco East Bay area. We got a lot of people. Yeah, I would um, go yeah, higher. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think um, right now, I think in my three second, I have like 130,000. Um, people in that audience and maybe my 10 second, I have uh, 35,000. I, I, I would start, go ahead and uh, retarget to your 10 second. Yeah. Just, just to the 10 second? In the Bay Area, I, yeah. If you have that, I start going at least get some of your videos out on your 10 second. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, guys, as I continue to build my reach, uh, I took videos um, 
Kendra and I looked at some and I had like four or five videos. I had seven, eight hundred, hundred percent views. I thought that I thought that was just killer. I couldn't believe it. During uh, the pandemic this last year, starting back around September, October, November, I went back and looked at a lot of those videos because I've already had all these huge captured audiences. I went back and repurposed those. Now I was getting 10 to 12,000, 100% views on those when they were retargeted. So go back and look at your audiences, continue to update your audiences every single week. I do it every Sunday. And uh, that's how I continue to build my audiences, but never stop on reach guys. I know the program we say 30 days, that's just going to the next level. But every video you put out, in my opinion, and I think Krista has that as well, is continue to do your reach as well. Do you, um, when you're doing, when you make your audience the three second views, do you split them from reach at that point into buyers or seller categories, or do you do that later? Well, I have different, I have buyer, um, buyer funnels and seller funnels, just depending. Right now, I'm just doing nothing but seller. I frankly don't want any more buyers. I have enough buyers to deal with. So uh, everything is seller motivated. But um, uh, yeah, right now it's just through play, guys. I mean, I look at that. That's where the majority of my analytics is people looking at 30 seconds or all the way to the end of my video. And that's the people I'm retargeting. I guess because um, just since we since I started, we've been, the videos are mostly targeted towards sellers. So that makes sense that all of mine would be sellers anyway pretty much but i'm just wondering from the reach when you're creating a new audience from your reach ad like i like i made a, a sell i created the my three second view as just sellers but i'm wondering do you actually separate them out from the reach level or do you separate them out like later on well it depends on what the, the the video is if it's uh i mean if it's a buyer video then it would just be strictly buyer if it's seller it'd be strictly seller uh, if it's evergreen, it's something that's basic. You can you can a attach a, an audience to both. So it really depends on what the actual content of the video is. Okay. Yeah. And I think what you're also asking is like retargeting a reach, you know, the, the people who watch the reach ad and then retargeting maybe an ad that was already retargeting. I think that's what you're asking. So- Yeah, so- if you look at the audiences, like not, so if you look on your ads manager, right? And it'll say like, you know, number of, you know, three second views, number of 10 second views, number of all that, and you'll get a number at the bottom, but that's not unique viewers. If you go to your audience and you look at that and you know how you populate, it shows how many populating the audience, that is the number of unique viewers. So that number is not gonna match in the audiences, is not gonna match what you have in your ads manager. And actually, I think that would be good if you're, so you should, I think, have more numbers of higher, right, in your ads manager, because you're hoping that some of these unique viewers are watching multiple, uh, multiple right. videos, right? So your real number your, of unique viewers is in your audiences. That makes sense. Uh, we've got a lot of hands up here. How about, uh, I'm just gonna go down the line here, guys. I don't know who's, who's when. Uh, Sherry Silva, Sherry, go ahead. I think her hand. Hi, sorry, I already I already went. Let me put my you hand. You already down. went. Okay. Yeah, Good. sorry about that. Okay. Riona Reese. If I said that correctly, I'm sorry if I didn't. Riona, are you there? No. Okay. Carrie McLean. Hi, good morning. I was just wondering, um, with the listing presentation video, um, there was some pretty significant dialogue in there about Zillow. 
And I know we're kind of moving away from using Zillow. Should we just take that all out of there or what's everybody doing? Um, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I mean, Zillow, <laughs> I don't think Zillow is my friend, but um, I do what out here, I have a professional photographer. We have, it's called a Zillow highlight reel. And uh, on some of my videos, I do the intro and the outro with my photographers. And so what I did is I highlighted um, showing our, our uh, video with uh, Zillow. I just showed that as a graphic and that's it. I didn't do anything more, but with Zillow, I just left it at that. Okay, thanks. I, I don't care to get into advertising with them either. So I was yeah. like, I guess I'm just gonna shorten this up a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's Thank what you. I did. Yep. Yeah, I got rid of all the Zillow stuff too. Okay, let's see who's next here. Uh, Diane, uh, see Diane, I'm sorry, I don't know how to McCogney team. I'm not trying to say that, sorry. Nope. Sorry, it, it's McConaughey. <laughs> McConaughey, sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. Nobody can get that right. Um, so I forgot to ask Krista from my original question on the just listed and just sold. So she said that she's doing them on Canva. Does anybody know where she's having them printed? Is she just using a local printer to print them and then just using the EDDM? Hey, Josh, are you still here? He's not. I think, I, I don't remember the printer who she, he, she sends it out to a printer, but she said that you need to reach out to her because she said it's like really, really cheap. But yeah, um, yeah and I, I didn't know who that was. I didn't, I, I, I okay, I'll just, I'll just read it. I think directly. it's called, I don't know if you could hear me, I'm in the car, uh, Blockbuster Printer, Blockbuster Printing or something like that. I think that, that sounds right. Okay, I'll check them out. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, one second. I have a whole list of printers here. I have Blockbuster. I have a bunch that I've captured in all my uh, skin in the game calls. I'm going to post that right now. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Um, there's a ton there. Just go ahead and get quotes. Go online. There you go. Okay. All right. Who do we got here next? Let's see. Uh, Robin Maloney. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Hi. I have a basic question because I'm just getting started. I'm assuming everyone's multi-list has a deadline of, of when you sign the, when the seller signed the listing agreement and when it has to be in the multi-list. So I'm wondering what do you do when it's going to be a couple of weeks until the house is ready to hit the market? Like the sellers need to do some work and then you have to do your photography and staging and everything. So how do people deal with that delay? What, what, state, are, what state are you in? I'm in Pennsylvania. So okay. we have 48 hours to get it in the multi-list. Yeah, here in California, we have in our car forms called S-E-L-M form. You can stick it out a month or two months, whatever it needs to be in order to get the repairs done before it goes on the MLS. So I would check with your local MLS and see if they have a form similar to that so you can do that. Okay, I'll check with them, but I doubt it. Yeah. I think they have that rule so that you can I mean, obviously, if, 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 if you only can get it within 48 hours, then I wouldn't do the listing yet until they're ready to go. I mean, you're kind of stuck, in my opinion. All right, thanks. Okay, let's see. Alejandro Ventura. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you for a while. You still here? Is he's, his hand is up. Okay. Tracy. Mark, can you hear me now, Mike? Oh, there you are, Alejandro. Good. Good to see you. So I was muted. Hey, uh, just a quick question. I just heard you say 
uh, to update your audiences every week. What exactly did you mean by it? You're going back on all the new videos. If you're doing two videos per week, you're having new audiences watching those. You go back and update all the people who are watching mm -hmm. that haven't watched that video. Um, going to office hours, if you don't know how to, they'll show you exactly how to go about doing that. It's kind of hard to explain. I just update those audiences and make sure that they've clicked on every video. So they're updated for that. that uh, That's just to click on the new videos that you're shooting every week. Right, right. And update the audience. That makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, and Tracy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. So we're targeting uh, update audience. I will go to office hour. So right now I haven't do the, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed because I have like listing presentation, website, landing page I haven't set up yet. Which one should I begin? Should I do it? first well it really depends on what your ad strategy is you know if you're if you're driving traffic for a listing you know you could be doing a traffic ad you could do a video views ad um it just depends on i mean i did a lot of video view ads for retargeting i mean i wanted to see people that are watching videos um it really depends on what you're trying to do if it's a listing i'm trying to drive people to the listing on my mls sometimes i'll do a, a landing page for it other times i'm just taking them right to, to my listing itself so um, it really depends on the kind. Is Alicia still here? Maybe not. Uh, anyone, okay. anyone else want to jump in on that? So we should have like a maybe landing page when we do the video ads so people can click into it or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I use a lot of landing pages. I'm going to be going to ClickFunnels on all that instead of the landing pages, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely want something for them to go to. If you don't have anything to go to, guys, set up your link tree. I have a lot of people just going to link tree. So that way, at least got somewhere for them to click around. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry. And um, one more question is um, um, uh, someone just mentioned about the just list, uh, DDDM, DDDM. So even the listing is not in my farming area, I should just send an EDDM in my farming area for the just listing. Is that, is that what Krista mentioned earlier? Well, yeah, if, I mean, I'm thinking if you're focusing on a specific farm and you've just listed that property, I would, I would absolutely send that out there and just solds as well. Do you want to show people you're doing business and EDM is the most cost-effective way of doing that? in the farming area instead of the listing yeah, i mean if you want to go outside the farming area that's you know eddm guys it may not always be exactly in your farm area because you're going to have postal zones and those zones may go outside your farming area so you're kind of stuck to what the eddm postal zone is it may not be in your farm which is fine you know i still want those people to see it but uh yeah and then guys i partner with uh, my lender on a lot of those she pays half and i pay half instead of we just did 2500 and um, instead of costing me 800 and something dollars, it cost me 400. And she had the back side of the card and I had the front side of the card. And it was kind of a win-win for both of us. So take a look at your lender, see if they'll, they'll uh, split it with you. Okay. Maria. Yeah. Okay. Diora. Diora, <laughs> so thank you. Um, I'm not great on last names all the time. So. <laughs> me, uh, me either, not even my own really. Um, so. Um, earlier, some, we're, there was mention about the four-page brochure. What, and I can't remember exactly where I saw it, 
can you, can you just tell me what is it and where do we put it and what is it called when we print it? I think it is in Canva, guys. I've seen it and it's got um, her just listed or just sold. And then on one on the one, two, on the third page at the bottom, she's got a coupon where she's worked with a, a local vendor of some type of coupon in order to, uh, to work from the community standpoint. So but is it that, is in Canva. Okay, so that's a monthly mailing that you mail out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's doing EDM on that? Like farming, a farming yeah. mailer. Okay. Um, I, I did see that in Canva. So where do we find that within Cam, Canva, Mike? It's probably... Um, it's probably in the listing system, I would think. I think it's location domination. For it's location back. domination. All right, thank you. Yeah, there's a link in, for Canva in there. Do you Thanks, get your info in there about where to print it? Because I was just browsing on a printer's page as you guys were talking. I didn't see any option to print something like that. Because I'm, I'm assuming it's like an eight and a half by 11, four sides, right? Correct. Does anybody print theirs anywhere in particular? Because it seems like a pretty expensive thing to print. Yeah, I would just you know, take a look at the, the, a lot of the printers I put in the chat and just uh, a lot of them go online. You can just get quotes that way or call them and ask them. Okay. Yeah, I, I did I, that with my marketing plan. I, I contacted four or five different printers before I picked the one that I did for my marketing, uh, yeah, for my marketing plan. Okay. I know I receive one every month from a local agent. So, and I always think, every time I see it, I think, oh my gosh, this is, this must be a fortune. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it takes, as Krista says, it takes money to make money, guys. We got to get ourselves out there. Just try to, what I do, every time we sell a property, I'll take um, 10 or 20% of that and put it into my marketing budget and just try to be real religious about that and do that all the time because without marketing and advertising, nobody yeah. knows who you are. So yeah. got to get that expenditure up. I'd rather not go out to dinner or movies or something and put it towards marketing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Okay, Sometimes your agency, your broker may pay or they already have a program that will send out maybe 100 cards in the area that you sold a property or even on, I don't know where you're located on the MLS. I know there's um, I don't remember what it's called, but you can uh, go through that, too, and you get up to a certain amount or something. Maybe they could start off with that with postcards. It'll help with costs. Oops. Sure. Absolutely. Anything to help with cost, guys. Uh, let's see. Christine Sone. Yes, Sone. Hey, how you Sone, doing? Sone, thank you. Thanks for all your input. Um, the question relates to that four-page mailer. What are we doing? How, how is the mail, the post office handling it? Do we have to have it wafer sealed, closed? I've never done a four-page mailing, EDDM. Um, I haven't done a four-page mailer either. I always do uh, either eight and a half by 11 or was it six and a half by 11? Yeah, I have a company did. out of Corona, California that we send, my designer will design the cards. We send it to them. They do all the printing and all the mailing for us. And I'm happy to share that with you if you guys want that. That'd be uh, awesome. They, they do a good job. So And they send it out EDDM? I just send them the, the uh, postal zones and they take care of the rest. So Good. I don't have time to sit there and doing stacks of a hundred and take them over to the post office and do all that. I just don't have time to do that. So I just pay no a little bit it. more and have them do it. So thank you. And one second, I'll pull that up. If you guys, one second, I'll pull up uh, Seth and you guys. 
Now, this is in California. I don't know if it's going to help everybody else, but you could at least call them and find out. Uh, as as right. EDDM, are they going to have to be in my postal, my zip code? It's postal zones. Yeah, I know. I know EDDM. Yeah. So California might not be able to do that. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. That's why I thought maybe call and ask them. Or they, yeah. I know that they've got a printing source outside of California as well. Um, I think it was in Chicago or somewhere else. So I would just check with them and see if they can do it for you. But they did a they, great. They've been doing some great stuff for us. So Thank always you happy to much. share resources. You know, that's one good thing about the whole KMC family here is we all share stuff. And and I love the, the collaboration here. So. You got that right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wallace, I know your, your first time, I think it's Yvonne, but I don't remember, <laughs> sorry, but it comes across here as Wallace. I don't know why, but I remember that. Yep. Well, I don't see any more hands up guys. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Me. Yeah, see. How about Philippe? Yeah. Hey, um, so Mike, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm about three weeks into my first 30 days for reach and um, when you were talking about uh, getting your audience, I, I don't know if I'm at that point yet, but so I've done six ads. Uh, where do I see how much my, you know, what my audience is? Because it says impressions. Is that the same thing as? No, you want to see view, actual viewers. You go into ad manager. There's a, you got three little columns there and it's a drop down menu and it'll say video engagement. And from there, you're going to be able to see people that saw your video 25% of the time, 50% of the time, 75%, 100% through play. It's all in there under video engagement. Video, uh, yeah. There you can okay. see. And also at the very top right, you want to see lifetime because otherwise it may just say the last 30 days. So click at the top where it says lifetime and their video engagement and you'll see all your stats. I see. Okay. So like the first, the first ad that I did had 2,300 three-second views. Okay. And then the second one is like 2,000. The net, the net had one for 2,900. You're saying you wanted to get what what number of views before you retarget them? I started retargeting when I got about 36,000 three-second views. 36,000? Yeah. Like and that's my, remember, I'm in San Diego, guys. I have a much larger population. Well, I mean, um, I'm, in I'm running, too. but I'm running two videos, two videos a week, $5 a day. And I never go, I never allow my videos not to have something showing. So I, I do my videos on Mondays and Thursdays. They're always overlapping and they're always continuous. So I always have something being watched. I don't want to have a, an empty spot there. Not someone seeing one of my videos. You're, but and, you're talking about total, total views. Like, so remember it's, only a, remember, it's only a three second view guys. So it's a, that's all we have to go with when we first start. And right. then from there, as that starts to build, then you're starting to look at your 10 second views. Then you start looking at, you're doing your brand awareness after your first month. And then you're doing video views. By the time you get to video views, you should probably roughly have somewhere between 15 and 30,000 people. You know, I would talk with the, I mean, I'm just telling you what I did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Alicia, and there's a lot of people in this group that they've done different things and you can talk to them as well. But um, how long have you been in the program? 16 months. And you, uh, obviously, I mean, it's working for you. You've gotten leads and sold. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I, uh, 
it's, I'm a major implementer, guys. I, I saw this program, and uh, one thing I do in my skin game, I tell people, you got to implement. You got to do this program. You got to set your time. There's always time to do other things, but you just have to implement. And uh, during COVID, I posted um, 65 to 70 video ads on Facebook last year. Wow. Yeah. And then I also have like 85 videos on my YouTube channel as well. So I just got them out there. And when Krista talks about repurposing, I, I repurpose everywhere. Instagram, IGTV, LinkedIn, it's everywhere. So, and okay. that's where you get all the, the exposure. Okay, thanks. Sure. Okay, any other, uh, let's see, Julie Brown, you have your hand up. Or Julia Brown, excuse me. That's okay. Um, I just wanted to share something that I started, um, I guess, doing. Um, you know, Google Maps, where you go out and you kind of say, you know, where you are, you put your information and you can kind of get a free Google website to go with that. So I have all of that, but I ran across a thing and I actually found it from another agent, but I don't think they really knew what they were like utilizing. So I started digging into it a little more and you can actually, like I, I'm in Southwest Florida. So I'm setting up a map with Southwest Florida and it'll be a link to me. So it's like a link I can send out to people because in my area, people will say, oh, you know, where's the boat ramps? Where's the dog parks? Where's the restaurants? Where's this? So I have it by city in my area and I've got like all the restaurants, all like everything like that, you know what I'm saying? And then there's a place on it where you can actually make a video to where you are saying, you know, hey, I'm outside this restaurant, you know, here's the menu, it's great. Or you could do it the ball, um, dog park or whatever. But anyway, the whole purpose of it is all those videos you add into it. I also put backlinks to all those businesses and stuff um, that when somebody comes in my area and they ask a question, I share it with them. And then on top of that, if I have any listings or anything, I add it in there and it shows where they are to everything. Love so it. I noticed people started like sharing it with other people, you know, like friends that come down there like, oh yeah, you know, I got this thing from this realtor here, you know, and it's got all my info and everything on it. Um, I've got it taken down right now because I'm trying to add a lot more stuff to it. But it's just something that I did that it seems like it's working. It gets me out there. And it's also stuff that somebody's going to keep. You know what I mean? Because, and share. Well, I think those short little videos too, uh, Julia, could be great for uh, Instagram Reels. Mm. If you guys haven't oh, yeah. done Reels yet, Instagram Reels is the, their version of TikTok, but the, the exposure mm. I've gotten on some of my Reels have been absolutely amazing. I'm just thinking those little videos you're talking about would be perfect there. Yeah, so just, just something that I, I ran across, started doing and working on. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Great. Mike, what are you doing for Reels? What kind of videos are you doing? Just a, like a, anything? Just a, just a variety of stuff. I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, the other day I was, uh, I, I do a five mile walk every morning and I noticed this new connector was just getting ready to open up. I did a quick little, little video on the connector and uh, I got huge audiences on that. Just, you know, not everything has to be real estate guys. They want to see that you're real, you're authentic, yeah. you're a real person. And I'll do, I'll do stuff like that. I'll be at the beach and I'll say, good morning, Carlsbad. And I'll talk about this, that, and the other, whatever. It's just a quick little reels. I just love that kind of stuff. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't done reels guys, check it out. If you, it's not very difficult. It's kind of like Instagram stories, but it stays where Instagram stories goes away. 
it's fun to do. Give it a try. You can definitely check it out on YouTube if you want to learn more about it. All right, uh, Tracy, do you have another question? Yeah, one last question. I'm sorry, sure. I'm, 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 I'm kind of slow. And uh, for the love letter, it's no more in California. I didn't know that. I'm sorry, it's say a, again, please. I just want to confirm it's no more love letter to no. seller in California, really? <laughs> it's, it's actually a NAR, it's a NAR and CAR deal. For those of us, it's National Association of Realtors and California Association of Realtors. Um, but doesn't mean you can't send a video. I've been sending video texts to the listing agent. And I talk about how strong my clients are, why they should be uh, considered. And I have a full bullet and do all that. And I'll do it through a bomb bomb video if I'm sending the, uh, the offer via email, or I'll do a video text either way. Okay, but so we can say about, as far as I know, I was a broker owner for a long time to the listing agent. I don't see there's any problem with that, but to the client or to the seller, they, there's issues about um, discrimination. So that's why they, they 86 that. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Just want to confirm that. Sure. I love the um, sending a uh, carbon monoxide detector with your offer. That's brilliant. Yeah. It is Brilliant. because, you know, right? uh, they were they were talking earlier, you know, here in California, if they do an appraisal and the CO monitors are not there and the appraiser has to come back out to do a follow up, which is called a 442, it's about 150 to 200 dollars. Um, you know, that's perfect. Just to see, you know, it's like twenty five dollars at Home Depot for each CO monitor here in California. Every floor has to have one. That's not a really expensive deal to provide and be able to provide that and show goodwill. I love that idea. All right, guys, anything else? I, I need to get off here in about three minutes. I have to get ready for Chris's call as well. But, Thank uh, you, Mike. Hey, guys. I love this group. Everybody collaborates. It's a lot of fun. And I love these Chris calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So many people have so many great things to share. So thanks for sharing, everyone. Thank you, Mike. All right, guys, have a great day. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Hi, Mike. Yes. I just want to let you know, I didn't come to the 5 a.m. skin in the game, but then I, I go to the 7 a.m. one because I really can't get on at 5. I'm still going. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I know 5 o'clock for California is tough to get up. That's why I have a lot of people from the Midwest and the East Coast. But Thank you. No worries. No worries. <laughs> bye, -bye. All right, guys. Have a great day.